Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Weirdly Magical Podcast. And I am astrologer and writer Louise Eddington, author of Modern Astrology, Harness the Stars to Discover Your Soul's True Purpose. And I am Jen Duchenne, uh, Akashic healer, uh, numerologist, and... Uh, metaphysician creator of the illuminating journey cards okay so we are here recording on february the 11th and we are recording about the energy leading up to and around the full moon that is going to take place on um, february the 19th at 3 53 p.m universal time so adjust the times yourself time and date.com's really good <laughs> and the uh full moon takes place at 042 0 degrees 42 minutes virgo and pisces because the moon's in virgo and the sun is in pisces when we look at the um astrology we'll be talking a little bit about some of the things leading up to it uh, because they're quite significant, but we will be talking about the Uranus Palace Athena opposition. Um, we've also got Venus, um, Saturn, and Pluto very close together in Capricorn. And what else were we going to talk about? Um, oh, Mercury. Mercury will have just entered his shadow or be just about to enter the shadow of the first retrograde of the year. Um, on the full moon and Chiron has moved into Pisces on the well the day before the full moon so it's quite a busy active full moon Aries <laughs> into Aries sorry yes out of Pisces <laughs> Aries. Um, just to explain to everybody, Jen might have to correct me a couple of times because Mercury moved into Pisces yesterday as we record this. And Pisces energy can be very um, foggy and confusing. And Mercury is exactly squaring my natal <laughs> Mercury in Sagittarius when we record this. So I keep saying the wrong thing. <laughs> I know what I mean. <laughs> hey, somebody knows what you mean that's good <laughs> and interestingly you know um that degree uh where mercury was yesterday as we record this is uh the, is occupied by the sun um on the full moon so you know i think as we record this um we are about to have a big meetup of mars and uranus at 29 degrees of aries so we'll we'll probably talk a little bit around about that as well and um all the other things leading up to it so jen why don't you kick off <laughs> so uh here we have a zero degree moon uh, again uh which is the fourth of five zero degree moons and of course the zero is the rebirth energy you know that zero point of new beginnings so there's that expansion and we know we're being drawn into a place of new beginnings like we're starting over we're washing off the old with um, um, 
Chiron moving into Aries, that's a great uh, indicator. And then, of course, pretty soon we'll be having Uranus moving into um, uh, Taurus. So these are major points that are telling us there's a huge foundational movement happening. So it's re-echoed by the zero degrees. It's 42 minutes, which is pretty interesting because that's a six. And what's interesting is because we're this is happening on a 19 day. Now we're in a 19 calendar year, and that's a one. 19 is the energy of the sun. It's about shining our light out into the world. Um, and so it also reduces to a one, 19. It's about endings and new beginnings. So again, we're having more energy about new beginnings. And that 19 with that it's a very strong energy of allowing us to find ourselves with the one. And uh, it's a double 19 because we have the two, the one from the year. And of course, the day of the full moon, this is not a split date. Sometimes the full moon is split on different day, days, depending where you are in the year, in the world, in the year. <laughs> but uh, it's Australia not. Australia might be. Might be. What's that? Australia might be. <laughs> Australia. Yes. Okay. Oh, I don't really pay attention. Well, sorry if people are from Australia, but it's hard to pay attention to all these things. Yes, maybe it's split for you, but then it's always split because yeah, yeah. ahead of us. Yeah. Um, but for this part of the the northern hemisphere, it's all um, seems to be. I better not say that because I don't know. <laughs> But what's interesting about it is the six minutes with the um, uh, one that we have from the 19 day, one plus nine is 10. And that's, of course, is a one. So we have all that uh, divine energy flowing in with the zero. Uh, that's six. We actually having a six universal day. So um, there's a double six going on here, too. So it's an exciting, abundant kind of um, energy. And this 15, it's a 15 day because we have a 14 universal month, is something that connects us to divine energy, to our divine mission, to uh, what we're here to do, to be in joy. So it's very expressive of this idea of coming through the canal and the fact that we're having this moon between Virgo, which is about the body or our daily habits, and uh, Pisces, which is watery and the depth, and and we're born from water, and things are born out of water. I find it quite fascinating that it's this energy happening here with all of this sparking new life and mm. forcing us through the birthing channel, um, having to let go of a lot of things that we have considered important, the, the kind of shape of who we've been, that it's been based on people's ideas, like you're supposed to do it like this, and now we're in this revolutionary period. I kind of always think of the Virgo full moon um, as being, um, you mentioned the word already, the purification one as well, and and the fact it is at the zero, so it's the the full of possibilities and I always think of it that way because it's it's the practical mystic and it's the purging Virgo's also about cleaning out purging cleansing 
uh, Pisces is watery and washes away kind of thing. So uh, it's, it is a very much um, a new start. And I think coming on the back of, we've got this Mars um, Uranus conjunction that's happening uh, basically on tomorrow for us here in the, the US, the 12th, 13th, no, depending where you are. And that is followed by um, not only do we have this one, we always have Mars opposing Pallas right away, Pallas Athena in Libra at 29 degrees. And then Uranus goes on to oppose Pallas Athena. And Pallas Athena, she's so interesting. And the fact that all this is happening leading up to this beginning, she is wise justice. She is, um, she's prepared to go into war if it's, um, if it's required. She's, she's not just kind of a warrior for the sake of it. She'll do it to bring justice into the world. And she's really, really important over the next few weeks um, of this, of this 2019, constantly um, opposing Aries things and also squaring the moon's nodes and squaring Pluto over there in Capricorn and Saturn will be joining. We've got this cardinal grand cross building, um, and all this card emphasis on cardinal signs is um, initiating its new beginnings. So here we have all these full moons at zeros as well, which are uh, the first degree and bringing these new starts and which also means endings, of course. But we also have the uh, cardinal grand cross or square, whichever you want to call it, bringing this big push to the north node in Cancer which is more about validation of emotion and feelings. It's about family, remembering we're all family. It's about finding your safety. Jen and I have talked about all of that before. And then, of course, we've got Chiron at zero degrees as well on the full moon. Um, but as we record, he's at that 29th degree. So we're getting this big shift from all these last degrees the anoretic degrees of signs to the first um, degree of signs, which it means major, major shifts. And this, this full moon is a mutable full moon. So it is a changing full moon because uh, Pisces and uh, Virgo are mutable signs. So there's a lot of change coming. Some of it's quite disruptive. You know, we've got Saturn and um, Venus um, having their conjunction on February the 18th. So the day before the full moon and um, in the sign of the patriarchy at uh, 16 degrees of Capricorn. And, uh, you know, there's so much kind of energy here about, well, I'm going to say it, I'm going to swear, um, but I should give an over 18 um, rating <laughs> for our podcast. But, but the patriarchy is fucked, basically. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, well, you know, yeah, sorry. That brings, us, that brings us to Regulus. Jen and I were talking about Regulus before, so I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Regulus, which is called the kingmaker or kingbreaker, this is this uh, energy that's at... Uh, right now zero degrees of Virgo. So it's right on this moon. 
So it creates a um, kind of an eclipse in a way because there's this energy being pushed forward to support the female. Now we have to remember the zero is actually, if you think about it, embryonic. It's the beginning. It's the start. It's the pool of of everything, nothing, and everything. So it's before things begin, and that's female energy, right? So. Through the zero, through this breath, the holy breath of the zero, this divine energy, comes this uh, uh, this force that is supporting change. And I think it's interesting to note that with this idea that you know it it, it awakens a sense of leadership because Regulus is about leadership. So uh, if you're in in integrity, if you're in that uh, um, in that place of being in wholeness, which is where we're going, then you're more likely to be uh, um, to receive a blessing from Regulus. And if you're uh, opposing or trying to force people to do things or force situations so that you can say, I'm in charge, uh, then you're going to get the brush of uh, pushed away. You're going to be pushed down by regulars uh, because the wholeness that the holiness or the divine essence or source or whoever you're talking to or think about, whatever that is to you, that comes from the zero energy. And so when you recognize that you're not in charge of the universe, you're here to be a part of the universe and experience life, but you're not here to dictate or play God about other people's lives. Uh, so I think this is going to be really interesting. It's also supporting because Virgo is the female sign. It is, um, uh, you know, ruled by Mercury, right? So it's about this energy of the voice. I find this fascinating. We're in a 14 month right now, which is, the number of the scribe, which is all about speaking our truth or describing how we feel and, and exploring the idea of how we speak and how we think and what we say and what we give credence to. So it's like our minds are being blown apart. And we've talked about this quite a few times, Lou and I, in these um, podcasts. But here's this energy of our minds being blown open by the idea that females or female energy is important right now it's important because it's been suppressed and you know even if you're male the the instinctual side the connection to the divine has been suppressed or it's been uh, uh, channeled through somebody else mm -hmm. saying i know what god's saying right and so now we have to open it's kind of like our mouths are open our brains are open all the stuff coming through through our hearts are open and we're getting this charge like an electric charge pushing us into this uh, new birth this new idea mm. which i think is uh, so it, it's all related right our voices and what we think and how we say and what we believe like if we believe that we have the power to change the regime which we're being guided through and the regime is changing then we have more hope and we have and we do have to work at it like like you were saying this idea of uh, Pallas Athena having to has that part of her where she's wise but she's willing to commit 
to what it takes. Mm -hmm. And this is really important because as we are willing to commit to what we take and how we use our voice, like uh, instead of being angry, I mean, it's not like we can't be angry, that we can't use that energy to, to, to bring change about and fresh new ideas. But when we use our energy in a force, like we're angry at other people and we're yelling and shouting, uh, or we're being meek and mild, either of those were actually abusing that energy of speech or that, that energy that runs through us from Mercury and even Uranus, right? The higher energy. Mm-hmm. It's like we're, we're trying to control it by bending its will and saying, I'm going to yell, I'm going to be, oh, I'll be the little mouse. And neither one of those is uh, very effective when you're thinking about becoming a queen or a king or whatever it is in your life and having a greater impact in the world uh, for the greater good, right? Changing how we live. So while Jeb was talking, I just, um, I wanted to kind of reference my, my words about the patriarchy is fucked basically. And the reason it came to mind and I, I, I had to look it up to be able to explain it quickly, properly. There's a belief, it was said that when Regulus um, moved into Virgo, which was 2011, and this is the first full moon that's right on Regulus, um, I believe, since then, um, that it would herald 2,000 years of female dominance, which is about the length of time that Regulus is in Virgo. And um, there was a story that um, there was the appearance of the Virgin Mary to the children of Fatima, it was said that she deposited three letters to be opened at different time intervals to be read by the reigning Pope, containing messages for the human race. It was said that when the Pope opened the last one, he fainted and never revealed the contents to the world. But um, I'm not going to try and read the Latin, but the actual rough translation of that final letter from the Virgin Mary was Regulus is in Virgo, so move over, boys. The patriarchy is fucked. <laughs> so this is where that came from. So to my mind, it just is saying that, you know, we've been seeing since since um, Regulus moved into Virgo in 2011, and we've had the Uranus-Pluto square, which really, I mean, really ends finally when Uranus moves into um, Taurus on um, March the 5th, because that's when uh, they're not in the right signs to be in square Uranus and Pluto. And then Pluto is going to move into Aquarius. You know, all these things are chips in the in the um, system of the patriarchy. Again, nothing to do with men. I had to repeat that this morning already. I know it's not all men. (laughs) Yes, exactly. You have to remember, you know, this is so interesting. If you think about it 2,000 years ago or 2,020 years ago, right, that was kind of the movement of Christ. That was the beginning of the uh, kind of rule of the male or the patriarchy, right? Mm -hmm. Patriarchy. We say male because it's dominated by the idea of a masculine energy of doing and controlling people through fear. That's what this is about. We all of us have masculine and feminine in us, so we're open to each. And now this the, the tap basically is open 
And so all this female energy is kind of pouring into all of us, male and female. So, Absolutely. Uh, and, you know, all the discoveries of all these dwarf planets and these uh, asteroids being used more, they are more female energy, so to speak, <laughs> because the divine feminine has been missing for the last well, absolutely. And uh, one of the things that people say that I find really interesting, uh, I think this is proved scientifically, but I'm not sure, um, that the use of plastic, now it's interesting, we're in this time where we have all this plastic, we say, oh, plastic is terrible, which I agree. Mm -hmm. But what they say is the use of plastic has actually changed the uh, genetics of males, mm -hmm. right? So males are becoming softer or more feminine because of plastic. So it's kind of ironic, right? Because in a male-dominated world, you know, and again, male meaning from the kind of the pushing energy of making things happen, um, that's about, oh, let's get the cheapest and let's, you know, let's deny nature, which is very... Control cheap. it. <laughs> let's control it. Let's rape it. Let's take what it has yeah. and abuse it so we can make more money and all of those are very much uh, kind of uh, dominant energies of control whereas female energies tend to be more about being open listening to your intuition coming from that place what they call a inspired action when you get the feeling when the timing it's divine timing when you know it's the right time to do something you do it and from that place of knowing the universe is in charge, right? There's kind of a hands-off, even though you're uh, riding the wave or you're riding your own, steering your own boat, there's still a sense of, I'm doing this, I'm enjoying it, I'm feeling the freedom, the adventure, but I don't need to make it into something, right? I don't need to make sure I've got these little slaves that serve me. <laughs> I, think I, I, do, I do find it very interesting talking about all this male female stuff that venus which apart from the moon uh, mm. until, until fairly recently and in traditional astrology um was really the only female or feminine um energy in that was used in astrology and here she is sandwiched between saturn and pluto in the chart of the full moon, right um, in the heart of the sign of the patriarchy. Again, Capricorn has its amazing qualities too. And, you know, again, the system of the patriarchy has forgotten that the symbol of Capricorn is the sea goat, which has a fish's tail. So it has this, and it is a feminine sign, but it's been created on these very, masculine rules of control and dominance um that's how it's been used for the past um couple of thousand years basically <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. And, or longer longer yeah, since longer. The age. so yeah. since there have been weapons to kind of control women right yeah there's been control the weak weakness in people mm -hmm. uh, and, and the earth <laughs> right the idea that you have to dominate somebody by having a weapon, whether it's your voice or your hands or something, mm -hmm. or a gun. Uh, so it, it's fascinating that we're having all this energy of uh, people wanting to pull back, right? The patriarchy trying to take it all back, hold it, make sure everyone keeps quiet, silencing people, stopping people from speaking 
taken out, doing whatever they can to control it. And, um, you know, uh, you can't control it forever. And this is yeah. what's coming through is this energy that as well, you know, the idea that here Venus is in between those two powerful forces of change and remembering that Saturn and Capricorn is about uh, what we're here to do, right? Our divine mission. So uh, it doesn't matter, you know, for the past, whatever, a few thousand years, it's been about doing it the male way, right? Mm -hmm. And now it's going to be about doing it the female way, or finding that balance. We're actually looking to find the balance where each of us is balanced. And so there's a sense of um, connection, right? Yeah. Like we can work together or we can work apart. And here we have Saturn at 16 degrees, which is, you know, that's the tower in the tower. It's the turning around of power, right? Everything's mm -hmm. going to revolve. Those that have been in charge will be moved to the bottom because that's the revolving of how life is. Mm -hmm. People who've been at the top need to fall so others start to come up. And we can see that happening right out in the world. Uh, so it's pretty fascinating. Uh, mm -hmm. Venus at 18. So this is like the letting go of the ego because there is an egoic energy around the idea of being the weaker sex or, you know, female or whatever we want to say. It's like, oh, I can't help what's happening because this is the way it is. There's a very egoic energy there. Like, you know, I, I can't control it. People are abusing me. This is how it is. And that, of course, is all bullshit. That's all ideas in our mind that have to dissolve because we've lived under that oppression of, of that idea. And I need a big, strong man to look after me. Yes, exactly. <laughs> right? uh, or I better not... Uh, what's the word? I better not contradict uh, someone. Uh, uh, you know, it's like I find it interesting that there's a lot of these uh, dyed blonde women. Mm. I mean, if you want to dye your hair, dye your hair. But definitely there must be some effect. There's so many of these fake dyed women that are all about the patriarchy and upholding mm. the patriarchy. And I don't get it. Like, what's the story here? Like, what is it? But again, that's an egoic energy. I, that's what makes me important because if I hold up a, uh, you know, a powerful man, then I'll get the kind of, you know, the kudos for it. Yeah. So there's all that energy around controlling other women so that, you know, I can be in power under a man, but what the, what the hell? I was going to say what the fuck, so I can say it because uh, I said it already. Yeah, exactly. Freedom, exactly. <laughs> but I mean, why? Why do we have to have that rule? We've we've got to ask these questions. I'm not just saying it because you know I want to throw it out there, mm. but it really is. These are questions we need to be asking. Why? Why are we so fixated on this idea? that it, it has to look a certain way because we're in this ground shaking time where everything needs to change and it changes through question. It changes through not being afraid of saying you're sorry or, uh, or not falling for put downs when somebody puts you down instead of just being quiet and, Oh, I can't argue with that. Just going, you know what? I'm an entitled to feel what I feel. I'm not going to apologize for how I feel. This is very important. 
I think we need to apologize when we uh, uh, do terrible things or we've of been course. caught out. We, yeah. But that's, that's the feminine. This is the feminine. We go, I'm really sorry I, this, I did this. I was a total idiot or whatever. Um, let's move forward and I'll prove to you I'm not that person anymore. Whereas What's previously we've apologized basically for breathing. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Or apologizing. Like I think also this idea of being um, shamed, right? mm. like because in the eyes of society, we did something. Look, we all have done things. Like some of us have done worse things than others. But the truth yeah. is, we all do shitty things. So we have to be able to go, you're right, I did it. Yeah. And I apologize. I'm like, what's the big deal? I don't get it. I don't know why that's so hard for people. So I did want to talk a little bit more about kind of the revolutionary quality of this, um, of this full moon because of more because of what's going on around it um i didn't actually realize till just that palace athena actually turns retrograde on february the 18th so so virtually just 24 hours before um the full moon and as i've mentioned before she's opposing um uranus and then when she will go retrograde she will oppose Eris twice and go back and come forward um, to oppose Eris again. She will square those nodes, square Pluto, square Saturn. Um, she's really important. Um, I did actually listen to um, a webinar by another astrologer whose name has escaped me. And he did a whole article on it. And it's kind of funny because we had both done a webinar um, uh, near Christmas looking at the year to come. And I had talked about Eris squaring the nodes and he talked about Pallas Athena squaring the nodes and here they are actually coming together. But um, I, this is something, and it's a bit of a rabbit hole and I'm still investigating, but um, in my search, another of Pallas Athena's uh, kind of representations is that she was the goddess of truth okay and her symbol is kind of like the venus symbol but it's a square or a diamond on top rather than a circle and it looks somewhat like a spear and it's uh and i found this thing that was saying greek mythology considered athena to be goddess of wisdom arts industry justice and skill in her in the greek myths her symbols have been the spear an owl and the olive branch all you know if you think about the symbolism of those, the spear of truth symbol of Athena was used by a secret society of seekers of truth in England, of which Francis Bacon was a member. And, um, and he, there's a whole swathe of people and I don't necessarily buy into this, but I love the symbolism of it. Believe that he was actually, um, the writer of all the Shakespearean plays, Francis Bacon. Um, he used the pseudonym Shake Spear to shake the spear of truth at what was really going on. And then we add in Eris at the other end, who's coming up as well. She is kind of the revealer of artifice. She's ripping down the white picket fence of, of, of what's happening in, um, in our societies um even with our dearest president we have now he's revealing a lot of what's wrong you know <laughs> whether you agree with him or not 
his very presence is revealing a lot of what's wrong with our governments and our societies. So my point to all that was <laughs> that, you know, the, the table is really being shaken. Pluto's in Capricorn kind of digging up what's no longer working. It's digging up the, um, the shit and the, and the, um, uh, the, the, kind of corruption and the dirty stuff the murky stuff that's what Pluto does he's digging up how our institutions are really just all corrupt and nasty and then here we have Pallas Athena um, over there and in Libra and Eris in Aries kind of really shaking the table and shaking it up and the fact that Pallas Athena is opposing Uranus and stationary basically on this full moon I would not be surprised because they're both at that last degree as well, that highly pressured last degree of the signs. I would not be surprised if between now on this recording, February the 11th and February the 19th, something major comes out that kind of shocks people out of complacency. Oh, definitely. I, I find it fascinating that... Um, uh, Sorry. Bing. Okay, I know those can say that you are right, right? That's a message <laughs> from the universe. Because the thing here that's so interesting is okay, here's Pallas Athena. So she's a major player. We have the major female players all situated mm -hmm. to bring wisdom by any means necessary. Because mm -hmm. we have to think these are all the wisdom keepers. Right, the female energy that has been part of our cultures all around the world for centuries and have held these wisdoms. And here they are uh, poised for um, whatever needs to come through this flood of, I, you know, I get this, <laughs> this kind of image of like sewage, right? It's just a flood of sewage that mm -hmm. needs to just kind of force its way through and, uh, and that's the thing is to remember that the sewage is coming through and that it, 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 it's clearing out the air, but it's not going to, um, you know, it's something that needs to happen, but it's not going to kind of damage what's coming. And so we can't be afraid of it. It's interesting that uh, uh, Palestina is in Libra, of course, which is the scale, this, you know, this idea of being in balance. Uh, or looking at both sides and what needs adjusting mm -hmm. at that 29, like you said, that final degree, 29, 29. That's amazing. A double 11, right? mm -hmm. this portal, this doorway that's allowing us to enter something new, um, you know, more new beginnings. Of course, Eris at that 23 degree, which is the most powerful degree we have. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The Royal Lion, this is about courage. We need to have courage. I think a lot of this is to do with having courage, courage of our convictions, not letting the um, the belief or disgust or the um, whatever it is about people, mm -hmm. you know, people in the patriarchy that have a certain opinion about us. It's not letting that control what we choose to do. So we have to, we can't kind of stand back and go, Oh, I'm going to be in trouble. We have to go forward. 
And, and with the Pluto, you know, you were talking about Pluto, and I didn't talk about the degree of Pluto. This is interesting because, of course, Pluto is kind of caught up between them, right, in a sense, right? They're kind of in yeah. the middle of the two. Yeah. And uh, it's this, the shit stirrer. So this is the one that's making that, that sewage come through uh, at 22 degrees, which is a, um, I see that as a female number, but it's about balance, right? It's a master number. Again, you have that energy of uh, bringing balance or designing. Like if you want to create a new foundation or new era, you're going to have to clean out all the old stuff to begin fresh. Uh, so that's a, an exciting energy there. And yeah. also the idea of having Venus there between Saturn and Pluto is she's ready to get her hands dirty, get in the muck and go, what do we need to do? You know, this is a nine, a one and eight, it's a nine. Yeah. It's about finding that compassion, finding the, uh, looking at our relationships through the eyes of love and compassion and practicality mm -hmm. right practicality of what uh, um, Saturn brings and the kind of shit stirring that um, Pluto brings like what are we bringing into it what are we letting go of so we don't have to be consumed by illusion anymore right the idea that oh it's supposed to look a certain way when you're thinking about new beginnings when you're thinking about these female energies that are willing to do kind of crazy things, right? Like Eris or whatever, mm -hmm. throwing in that, you know, the Trojan horse. We kind of have to do those things yeah. to shift the energy. We have to break the the uh, the structure that yeah. we're living in. Uh, so, I find shock, it, shock out of that? and shock out of complacency is as, as that's I, right, right, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah it's it's it takes energy it takes work and and this flushing out of everything of all the shit is going to help us but we also have to help ourselves right we have to uh, voice and act differently in order to make use of this very exciting energy that's emotion and then you know we kind of haven't talked yet about the uh, mercury neptune conjunction because the sun is in Pisces, you know, this is a full moon, as I said. And we also have Vesta at nine degrees of Pisces. Um, Venus was at 18, which is a nine as well. So I'll let Jen talk about that in a minute. But, but then we have Mercury and Neptune conjunct with Mercury just entering the shadow of the first retrograde. And guess where Mercury to will turn retrograde? At the 29th degree of Pisces. <laughs> So at 29 degrees is going to be um, triggered again. So, but to my mind, what this is adding into all of this with, with the moon being kind of on her own in Virgo, opposing the sun and opposing all this Piscean energy really is that we're getting this big influx from spirit or the mystery or the muse, the collect, the, uh, you know, and Neptune rules Pisces and is it its most creative, its most mystical, um, but it also its most um, connected with the cosmic soup, if you like, the collective unconscious, whatever you want to call it. It is, you know, for those of us that are a, a little or more than a little <laughs> connected to to whatever 
the other is or whatever is around us I think there's going to be a lot of information or so-called downloads coming in um you know I think it's an overused term at times but I think there's going to be a lot of downloads coming in on this one and and that Vesta she's focus and commitment and she's the keeper of the flame you know Vesta was this goddess who kept the flame of um of the empire burning if you like and when the flame went out the empire was going to collapse well the flame's being a bit doused in pisces i think so yet it's another <laughs> indicator <laughs> yes absolutely and i think it's interesting right that this uh, when you think about it i know we talked about last year it was a lot of this uh, water and fire right mm-hmm. how initiation begins in water and uh, that's where Vesta is right she's uh, the flame is being rekindled because it's this is like all the goddesses or energies whatever you planets that are kind of female based uh, and they're being supported by the uh, the count of the male counterparts as well but they're all in place they're in position to kind of fire start us into this new age and um kind of sweep aside obstacles i i feel like this is interesting that okay with vester and with the venus at the nine degree because the nine degree is about unconditional love it's about stepping into the truth of who we are to showcase our brilliance you know not be it's an emotional number but it's not about being attached to our ego or how people think of us it's more about bringing out our brilliance and playing that fine role of who we are um, and recognizing that you know we are all one there is this compassionate forgiving understanding energy that is allowing us to light the flame and to do these tough things that are needed and to allow the ship to flow through and i'm also uh, finding it interesting that mercury is at 16 degrees right on this full moon and 16 is that tower number it's that number of high intuition we're going to and of course being in neptune the intuition is going to be off the charts right we're we're getting great hits but we have to make sure that we're not focusing on the wrong thing because there's a lot of obfuscation right a lot of obscurity happening here uh, around this moon and around these uh, uh, and around our knowledge or learning mm-hmm. sometimes that's good because when we go into that place where we don't know what's happening mm-hmm. uh, we have to follow our instincts we have to give up trying to control things through uh, thinking it through and allow ourselves to be led like if we're getting a hit like something isn't quite right mm-hmm. then we need to trust that something about this thing or what people are saying doesn't make sense trust that Uh, and uh you know there's that energy of neptune i keep getting this picture of neptune kind of you know he was one of the ancient uh you know leaders right this Mm -hmm. idea of riding through the water and controlling everyone through water and his you know his uh, his great chariot and it's it's kind of that energy of like even for the gods or whatever we call them there's this excitement of something new yay we're all getting up into battle and we're going to kind of reset and we're using a strategy right we, we're strategizing how we're going to bring in that trojan horse how we're going to uh, kind of 
bombs, send these fire bombs of wisdom into people so they stop being so um, frozen mm. and, and automatic, right? All of this is happening and on the level of the planets and on the universe, it's uh, a lot of movement that's exciting and different. Mm. It's allowing us to kind of, our imagination is just being exploded and expanded. Like we are sinking into this kind of greater, vaster wisdom and being able to think about things and come into alignment with things we've never imagined. And now we're imagining it. And not only are we imagining it, we're actually activating it. Because once the zero degree and the 15 degree uh, moons stop, this is kind of, we're going to start rolling forward in a different way because we're setting up a whole new idea about who we are and, and what's important to us. Yeah. people in our lives how we look at our relationships how we look at our jobs yes. our values we're realigning all our values here completely and then of course chiron moving into aries not pisces <laughs> <laughs> right before as well and um you know this there's a lot being said about Chiron and Aries he last moved in it would have been about 51 years ago um so we could look back at that but um I was eight and that's of course there was an awful lot of um 68 wasn't that the the bad year with all the assassinations and um and oh yeah it was like war counter contra what was it the well, and it was, and wasn't that JFK and all that kind of? Oh stuff. yes, that's and, right. And Robert was... Kennedy and um, Martin Luther King and all those things. I'm not saying the same's going to happen again, but you know, Chiron has this maverick energy, and um, moving into Aries, he is talking about. He's the shaman. He's he's talking about our identity, because Aries is very much the toddler, the I am, this very elemental I am energy. Um, if we look back to those 60s when Chiron last moved in there, that was when we had, I've mentioned the Uranus-Pluto square already, but Uranus and Pluto were conjunct back then. And so we've got all these echoes, but we're kind of reaching another point because we've learned some things from them, hopefully. <laughs> And, you know, we're going to kind of going to go in and saying, you know, well, we didn't bring the change we wanted to bring, perhaps. Let's try again kind of thing and approach from a different direction. And interestingly, if we look back then, we were very much still relying on kind of the patriarchal kind of setups and things, which is being dissolved now. And we're not now. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think also... You know, the other side of the 60s, if I think about the 60s, 68s, to me, there was a lot of music and exploration and hippie Free love. <laughs> uh, but if I look at uh, Uranus and, and, um, and Chiron moving, to me, this is more a rebalancing. It's like all the things that have been out of balance that we've kind of bounced again against are now beginning to be resolved mm. right? so there is a new kind of resolve and like you were saying this idea like that that stuff didn't work i mean what it did is it it actually did work just not 
fork in the way we would interpret it, but that was, you know, planned as everything is. But it it really pulled us into an age where we started to shift things. So many Mm -hmm. things have shifted since that time. Uh, That's really key. Uh, One of the things that I find really fascinating is this Jeff Bezos thing that happened. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh To me, that is so key to this month and key to this year. And and he is definitely, you know, the richest man in the world. This is very a Chiron Uranus thing, uh, uh, you know, richest man in the world. I don't know if that's true, but that's what they call him. The richest man in the world uh, decided to... Uh, defy the system right because Mm -hmm. that's how normally people just so let's just sweep it under the carpet we'll just be quiet we're just going to pay it off we'll say this and he is a major player in this deciding to expose himself before other people expose him and not just expose himself but to expose the culture of what's happening so mm-hmm. that helps to dismantle it, right? Those things are starting to fall apart. There's a lot of those bigger corporations that are falling apart, like, oh, yeah. uh, you know, and, and so it's so interesting, right? Here we have somebody who is doing amazing things. Like he's already done amazing things with uh, Amazon and bringing in new ideas. A lot of people may not like him or whatever, but this isn't about that. It's not about the personality. Yes. It's about being a change maker, an innovator. We're looking at these people who are innovating things because they have the power, right? He has the power to do that because... It's kind of interesting he's getting divorced at the same time and and basically he and his wife set up Amazon together. And so yes. how, is that gonna, how is that going to be split? Because it seems fairly amicable, their divorce. Sure, it's yeah, so so how is that going to change things as well with the you know the masculine the feminine as well so not only is he challenging the national enquirer and all that stuff he's kind of a bit of a key player at the moment as you say and yes in yes. many respects major player we have to remember also that we just had the davos meeting in the end of january and davos is the collect when the, the richest people in the world, the greatest influences come together um, to decide what they're going to focus on. Mm-hmm. And a few weeks later, we have this thing happening with Jeff Bezos, but kind of spiraling off that, mm-hmm. which indicates to me that uh, even people at the top of the food chain are starting to look at things differently. Now, a lot of those people do give to charity and do want to make a difference, but there's a shift. There's a shift. Like they're breaking away from being in bed with politicians or that way of doing that under kind of hiding what they're doing. It's definitely being shown up. I don't know if you um, saw the, I, I shared a video on Facebook of a panel at Davos where a guy I think he was from Sweden but anyway he was a historian and everything anyway and he was basically saying you know I've been here at this Davos thing for for all this time and all I hear you talking about is kind of charity and you know doing good works which is fabulous nobody's talking about taxes he said (laughs) and there was this old white guy in the audience who had been CEO of some company I can't remember what it was and he was clearly really upset about the idea of having to pay taxes but my point is 
these ideas are being brought to the fore again, you know, and, and people are kind of infiltrating that little closed boys club and saying, well, you know, this is all well and good, but how about doing it this way kind of thing. So That's right. <laughs> the challengers and the infiltrators and these kind of different things are uh, very interesting. I mean, even uh, Cortez, yeah, and she come up with this plan of taxing the rich. You know, mm-hmm. I think it's also part of the rebalancing, right? Yeah, it but is because when you talk about charity. That's like uh, you're saying you're here and everyone is there. Like, yeah, that's what I don't like about charity. If you want to give, you give, you give freely. Mm-hmm. Give to someone to make a difference not to make yourself feel better or like oh i can save money by giving charity right this is about recognizing we're all equal and some of us are in different positions just yeah. doesn't take away from our equality of as beings it exactly. just right we want to rebalance that so we don't have a few very wealthy and then everyone else is and and sitting there hoping at the bottom of the pile that somebody will be charitable enough to help you (laughs) that's right right i mean we've got to move away from that idea of charity because it's bullshit right when you when you are treating people well and giving people social services Mm -hmm. then you don't need charity exactly exactly and you know it's oh i worked hard for my money that's a very patriarchal uh, thing too. So are you saying you work more than, I don't know, the, the plumber who like works 60 hours a week? To... Right, or a teacher or, hey, or somebody at McDonald's yeah. even. That's yeah. right. Like you, people who earn whatever the going rate is work very hard for their money. Maybe yeah. harder, right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. harder. <sighs> So I think I've said all I want to say about the chart for now. Is it time to look at the symbols, do you think, Jen? Yes, that sounds good. I didn't pull I did pull a card. I can oh, talk about yes, it for a minute. Let's do the card first. Yeah. The card. So the card is the 30. Oh, I haven't seen that card before. Which is the um it's all white, this card. And what's interesting about it is the central figure is in the middle under a hut for those of you who can't see. It's a very pale card. But there's this amazing hut in the middle and there's this figure in the middle with these this ball and uh, these dust brush, whatever that's called, brush. Dust brush? Dust devils? Yeah, that's the, the, the ones that blow across the road. Anyway. Exactly, exactly. But there's this figure with this pure circle, basically. Mm-hmm. So it's at the beginning. It's the beginning of creativity. This is uh, a time to be in peace uh, mm-hmm. with yourself in a kind of completely uh, non-colored environment that allows you to recreate from the beginning. Uh, mm. I think it's it's. Is that a spaceship in the background? Spaceship in the background. The top, no, not the bird. To the right of this there, yeah. It looks like a... Like a citadel. It could be a spaceship, right. It's like a citadel above the um, the roof of this open house. And there's a little beaver. I think that's a little beaver up there. If anybody wants to see the card closer... 
um perhaps you know we'll tell you where to find us at the end perhaps jen could put post a photograph of it on her page or in her group so when oh, yeah. if you if when we say where to find us all go and find jen and she could post a photograph of this card because it's very fascinating and it is harder to see yeah, and, some of you are, and some of you are just on audio too so <laughs> yes, exactly. yeah it's basically this card is being at the point the zero point of creativity which i think mm. is a lot to do with this moon right yeah it's all about being creative from a new place if you're starting from that place like i'm in the circle and nothing exists and everything exists what am i choosing to focus on what am i choosing to allow you know mm. it's a very abundant energy that's in this moon and in this card that idea that you're available and everything's available to be created from mm-hmm. a new place if you have you know just change the way you're dealing with it from a place of integrity and integrity and truth i mean if you have people around you that suck move away from them right <laughs> if you're having negative responses think about changing those responses of these things you can't change Mm -hmm. Uh, if you want to be with your partner this is a deepening time of love a lot of love coming through then find ways to make it work instead of focusing on all the shitty things about your partner focus on what you love about them what you enjoy about them what you enjoy about being in a relationship about because this is that is what creativity is using our imagination to to shift how we think and talk about and illustrate our lives so it's I think that, that's like that operate from joy thing again isn't it it's, yes absolutely. You know, absolutely even if you're even if you're cleaning toilets it's just like you know just be in that joyful place <laughs> remember if we're all equal and we're all the same in the eyes of the divine then what we do is not so important is Mm. how we do it i actually had a, a client i think this is kind of interesting who is very in past lives you know had a lot of kind of religious experiences and very much connected to christ in the sense of you know talk about charity right being of charity to others and um, in the reading the akashic beings were saying you know you have to be like christ and christ wasn't about talking he was about doing he was about show if you feel compassion and love or whatever you do the thing you wash the person's feet mm-hmm. you feed them you don't go talking and spouting about oh if only you could have a different point of view and see it mm-hmm. you show people through your actions you. that they begin to feel loved mm-hmm. uh, through uh, that and mm-hmm. i think that's quite profound uh, you know it really impacted this person and i've seen them they're doing things through the eye like they're actually in activating actions by thinking about you know for that for for them it's like what would christ do so mm-hmm. whatever your thing is how do you live the experience not just talk about it yeah yeah and you could you could apply that to chiron because <laughs> you know chiron um in through Pis- pisces i've often talked about as the true christ consciousness 
the, true. The, the true energy of Christ, whether you believe it was he was real or whatever you believe, it doesn't matter. The energy of the Christ is is a real thing. <laughs> you know, and I know. And moving into Aries the day before this new moon, you could you could say this Aries is about action, taking action, doing. <laughs> Right, and it's about how you see yourself in the world. Yeah. Area, right? it's, it's yeah. So how you appear in the world. So you want to act to show you really are who you are, right? It's not the things people have told you you are, but it is the truth of who you are. And that's the beauty of uh, Chiron moving into Aries too, right? I think that was a great great point right the christ consciousness it is a real thing it's an energy that existed has existed since the beginning of time and um, it is what wakes us up because we do change the world by doing Mm -hmm. i mean we're not going to change it just by sitting on the sidelines giving advice no and i have to tell you I i have to tell you that jesus is my shamanic gatekeeper he lives in a cave on an asteroid and he approves of this <laughs> he says because he thinks everybody got it wrong all the time a shamanic gatekeeper for anybody that's listening is kind of your protection it's like if i feel like i need some kind of energetic protection and things i can call in my gatekeeper to help so it has nothing to do with religion <laughs> nothing to do with religion and remember this is the whole point of all of this is we're breaking away from organized religion or these because if you think that i mean if we look at the books like the bible and all of these things they're teachings that are not meant to be taken literally they are ideas and they are impregnated with the opinions of the people that wrote it right oh yes (laughs) that's the point right as well as being interpreted by people that are impregnated of wanting a certain uh, they want you to think a certain way. In fact, I posted a funny thing about uh, Iceland has uh, declared. That, oh, I, I posted that. Yeah, yes. yeah. Iceland has declared that. Uh, label. label. Well, and, and it makes total sense, right? Because if, if you start believing that all of that is true and this is how it you got you can't take it literally it's a story it's a fable it's like well if we took it literally we'd be stoning them into death still so yeah and then you know if you look at the christ energy it isn't about that nine and that you know the uh, that energy is about uh, yeah living what you believe right that means yeah. you everyone is equal that uh, everyone is part of the universe and everyone deserves compassion and recognition. Absolutely. And if people want an idea of what the the what Jesus might have actually been like, you know, um, it's, again, it's an opinion still though because it's written from some perspective. <laughs> opinion. But, but there's a whole series of books called the Maeve Chronicles, and and he's a very real kind of person in that, and kind of you know has his foibles, and you know disappointments and he's not kind of this uh, anyway um, yes. no, we can't promise. and i think that's a good point even with chiron or any of these figures is and the danger is that when we put someone on a pedestal mm-hmm. jesus or or anyone right mm-hmm. a human a living human 
then we're saying they're above us yeah. and then we're disappointed when they turn out their feet of clay like we don't want them to have emotions so basically what we're saying is and a lot of people say that about spirituality which is total bullshit that we're not supposed to get angry we're not supposed to have feelings or we're supposed to be above all that we're just ordinary people going through learning and trying and testing things out trying to figure out who we are more and more and yeah. so we don't want to put people on a pedestal that was the whole point about the jesus thing was that he's supposed to be just like everyone else you know, yeah. just a regular guy with a has... message <laughs> <laughs> exactly just a regular guy with a message and hey yeah. let's let's do this thing let's cut away these old ideas of who we're supposed to be and yeah. you know, just swim in this pool figuring it out anyway let's get to the symbols yes indeed Shall I read the uh, Chandra symbol first this time? Yeah. Okay, so the symbol for the position of the moon on the uh, full moon is um, a volcano erupting at night, burning through the restrictions of the day, taking on and transmuting the world of ordinary consciousness, inwardly erupting with all that it leaves out. You become a conduit for the suppressed, the repressed and the denied facets of self and life, exposing yourself to the onslaught of conventional ideas and their consequences, aching and longing to turn the world around. You are given to subtle or obvious ways to channel and express what lives inside. You feel intensively committed to bringing it all together within the ordinary compass of everyday life saturated with deep impressions of what this earth is moving through you are being given the chance to stand in for that to bring it and perhaps even to become it and that kind of feels to me like all that things we've been talking about like the uh, the sewage and the the lava if you like from uh, from the pluto kind of inwardly erupting but to make everything whole which is virgo because Virgo is make things whole unto itself. It's to help. This is what we're moving towards to, to kind of let it all erupt and then bring it together to make whole. That's what we're being invited to do anyway. So. That's right. And by those small steps. Yeah. You know, taking a yeah. goal, taking a few small steps, reassessing, and then continuing, right? I think this one's quite a big step, though, with it being on regulars, as you said. Oh, yeah, that's a huge step. But, you know, we're, we've, we've been primed for this, oh, so yeah. it's not like we can't handle it. We can. And even though it could be really messy and ugly and stinky, it doesn't matter, right? Because we know. And I mean when I say it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter in the sense that this is just part of the way forward. So we will deal with it. And the more we open up and recognize that that stuff doesn't uh, label us, the mm. easier it will become to create something new with all the support. It's just incredible. I love the I love the bit about transmuting the world of ordinary consciousness because that's what's happening. You know, yes. our consciousness is being shifted and changed. So yeah and, and we need to invite it in right yes we do we need to <laughs> do what we can and ask that question how can i transmute this this experience i'm having to joy how can i let go of my old stories yeah 
So the Sabian symbol in a portrait, the significant features of a man's head are artistically emphasized. The capacity to picture oneself clearly, the salient features and the overall meaning of any situation. And the key word is discrimination. They're very similar in some ways, the symbols. Yeah, very similar. I think what's interesting about this is just like we're saying that we get to decide mm-hmm. what areas of our faces or heads and our heads are where we think our heads are where we receive information so it's a place where we can imagine but it's also a place where we can get caught up and Mm -hmm. we can decide what is it that we are artistically emphasizing and aries is very associated with the head too so it's yes yes yeah of course that keyword description I think that speaks to a lot of what we've been talking about, although we may not have used that word. But the idea of when you're in this process, when these things are happening and you discriminate in terms of what is the right thing for me to do? What's the integrous thing? You know, do I want to be around these people? Do I want to say these words? Do I want to believe these things? What's my truth? What's a an imposed truth that somebody else put on me? Right. And why do I need those things? Fantastic. Okay, Jen, let's go. I'm going to sign off first this time. So I'm Louise Eddington. Find me uh, by Googling my name, Louise Eddington, louiseeddington.com. I have a Patreon, Louise Eddington. Um, I also write almost every day on medium.com, but you can also find that on um, on Patreon. Um, I have a group, the Planetary Magic Cafe on Facebook. Um, I am everything else. Oh, Louise Eddington Astrologer Facebook page and my book again. If you don't have my book, Modern Astrology, getting great reviews, going really well. If you have my book, please leave me a review. Oh, and leave us a review, please, for our podcast on your chosen <laughs> provider because the more reviews we have the better <laughs> exactly i agree leave us reviews that much appreciated so i'm jen Duchenne. you can find me at jenderschen.com i uh, do weekly videos on youtube uh, using the illuminating journey cards that i have for sale on my website at jenderschen.com backslash illuminating journey cards Uh, You can also find me at my free group on Facebook, uh, the Light Club of the Woo Woo Weirdos of the World. And you can find me on Facebook, Jen Shen. I also write and I don't know, I'm everywhere. You can Google me, find me on uh, Instagram. Yeah, me too. (laughs) It's just our names. We're we're (laughs) one But um, I did want to, f- I, one thing I forgot to mention from both of us is Jen and I did a web class um, on for 2019 that comes with a really detailed um, PDF as well. And the recording and the PDF are available on both our, um, well, on Jen's website. Mine's not quite on my website yet, but it is available. If you want the link, just message me and you can get the link. Um, that's available for $30 and it's, um, one of the attendees, 
and was like, oh, I did not expect the PDF to be that detailed. So she was quite blown away. She said it's fabulous to help, to help her through the year. So. Okay, so I think that's goodbye from Lou. And goodbye from Jen.